0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful, crisp weekend here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to thank our sponsors, Pro Fish, uh, The Point out at Buzzard Point, fabulous Tony and Joe's down at the Georgetown Harbor, Nick's Riverside Grill as well, and the Ivy City Smokehouse. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sponsoring the show. If you're not Excellent. a sponsor, get on your horse and... Give me a call. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick, uh, you want to say a couple things, right?
1: Yeah. So there's so much going on in and around the D.C. metro area. You should check out the listareyouwanted.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything that's happening. So many openings in the last couple weeks. Ambar Shah has finally opened their doors. Crimson Lane Vineyards, they were in a couple weeks ago, and I've been out to that vineyard, and it is beautiful. Totally worth the trip. And Trouble Bird just opened. That's Justin Caradonna and Andrew Hutton. They have both opened that new cocktail bar with our friend Brent Kroll, and they'll be in in a couple of weeks. Now, if you don't know, Industry Night is now being taped out of the Wine Lair, the private wine club next to the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Washington, D.C., Every week I do this show there. It is so much fun. It is a real deep dive into what's going on in the industry. And now you can check us out on YouTube. So I had an incredible conversation with John Asadorian. Mary Beth Albright was there with me, and we talked about – how to Best Eat. She's got a new book out. It was amazing. And Matt Carroll and I drank champagne for an entire hour and it was so much fun. So you can watch all of that on YouTube and of course you can download that on your favorite podcast channel. Uh, and let's see, don't forget, today is the last day of Fairfax City Restaurant Week. I was the ambassador and if you go to my Instagram feed at Nikki Nellis, uh, N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, you can see all the good things that you can be doing there. And lastly, don't don't forget, we are springing forward, so make sure your clock is set appropriately. Okay? All you. I'm, I'm just Have glad it. I can
0: spring it all. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. nursing me back from near death, by welcome. the way. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are joined today by some very interesting folks, Sticky Fingers Vegan Bakery founder, cookbook author, and two-time Cupcake Wars winner, Dora Peterson, is back on the show for the... I don't know, fifth time? A lot. In our our (laughs) 14 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's got news about an upcoming event that's very interesting. The second annual Women's History Month Festival is March 13th through 19th. Uh, In particular, a group that's close to her heart... And I want to say this right. Is it Ray-Her?
1: Re-Her.
0: Re-Her. Okay, sorry. Re-Her.
1: They were on our show in the beginning of the pandemic. We, like, helped Oh, I'm sorry. Do I not
0: remember from three years ago? No, they've
1: been on multiple times. Oh, my
0: God. Anyways, uh, they want you to come and savor and celebrate the strength and diversity of DC's women-owned restaurants by taking part in their uh, menu collabs and specials. And she'll tell us all about it. Topher Batoni Ledford, I said it right, didn't I? Topher, mm. yes, you did. He's the GM of Seymour Seafood Restaurant. there now in Arlington. Uh, among I feel their, like I mi-
1: you should be like Seymour. <laughs> like, C, get it? S E A. Yes, well, that's what it is. Seymour.
0: Yeah. Uh, why don't you name it C for yourself? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Among many claims to fame, Seymour's uh, is a James Beard Foundation Smart Catch leader, and their 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 whole program is really built around sustainable seafood, uh, farmed and and caught. Um, to minimize damage to the ecosystem. It's Mm -hmm. great. Um, And uh, this is my favorite part right here because I've been saying for probably a year and a half, Shane, come back. And he did. Shane Mason is here. Shane owns Crazy Aunt Helen's, the very fun Southern-inspired American comfort restaurant over on Barracks Row. You're going to hear what's up at the restaurant, and we're also going to dig into a current hot topic because drag-themed events are um, front-page news. And so is Shane. So mm-hmm. we'll be talking to him in a minute. So first, let's talk to Doran.
2: Hi, Doran. Hi, Hi. welcome you? back. you? Thank you. I'm great.
1: How are you guys? Good. Well, so she... the last time you came in, you were in the middle of a real shift with your business. Yes. Like things were really moving around. So let's catch everybody up where... Sticky Fingers is now and what you're doing.
0: Where are your Sticky Fingers? Okay. Right
2: now? Wow, well, that's actually that's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. Right. Yes, so Sticky Fingers, Sweets and Eats, is a tiny little bakery um, in Columbia Heights. We are there for about another six months, and then we're going to be moving into Tacoma Park, where we will still have a retail presence, but we will be able to manufacture our goods on a much larger level. Imagine a thousand times Wow. the Calvin cookie and brownie. Um, And so we've been expanding up and down the East Coast in all sorts of stores, like Moms and Yes and Whole Foods and Mm -hmm. Streets Markets. And um, we're in, uh, last I checked, was over 200 stores. So that's really been the big push.
1: But what have you been doing in those stores? Because, Ah. you know, you had a full-fledged bakery. You had a full-fledged restaurant. So how did you go from, like that kind of execution to changing it to going to this kind of execution. It's totally different. It's
2: totally different. It's completely different from restaurant. Um, restaurant is mind-boggling, and I love production, and I kind of treat the the kitchen a lot like a production mm-hmm. formation, So, um, which I know everybody does production, right? But the way that I –
1: Yeah, but consumer
2: packaged goods yes, is a totally different. different deal. Very different. Just mm-hmm. the high level of production and the machinery involved, completely different. The goal with this is to get nobody to touch a cookie ever as opposed to an artisanal product that's landing on your plate in a restaurant.
0: Yeah, right. but I, one of the, the sort of the transitions that's been jumped over here is the fact that it hasn't been that long since when you said, oh, these are vegan pastries and these are vegan cookies, and people went, well, I don't know. I mean, you have figured out, and you're one of the leaders, figured out how to make it better for you out of the right products and taste great. Yeah,
1: And now been able to take full responsibility. Yeah, she's like, "That's me. It's all me. (laughs) That's right.
0: It's all Dorn." But
1: the thing is, is that it went from doing it in a bakery, where you can manage the freshness and make sure the product uh, maintained its taste, flavor, and texture, um, to going to consumers in a totally different way. And you still have to maintain that quality. Mm-hmm. So what was the math
2: on that? Because I think that's really hard. Yeah. Well, I started with the three products that I didn't have to change much. Mm. So right now we are still using, uh, we're still using a freezer for the the majority of, of our preservative, right? Okay. So there's not an added pre- preservative. Um, at some point we'll, we will use some gases, but we're not going to put preservative ingredients per se. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping to get a year shelf life on our ready to eat items, but we also have um, baking mixes. Right. And that's really been the big. How do you know if right you
0: there. have a year shelf? Do you literally leave it on the shelf and see how long it goes?
2: Yeah. Like right now, I only have a year and a half on these mixes because I have only tested them at a year and a half.
1: Okay. So it let's you know. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the products that people can buy and like what you brought in today. Yeah. And then we'll get all into like it's women's. History Month, and we'll get into re We have a little time, so but let's talk about you a little bit more. Cool. I like talking about me. I know,
2: me too. I like talking about me in reference to sweet things. Yes. Um, And food, because I yes. like food. That's really all I want to do. Can I just stay here with you guys all the time? Absolutely. This is what I do well, almost I, every day. Know, I've
0: been trying to get Nikki to talk about me and sweet things for days. Well, it's, it's funny
2: you say that, because I brought some things to distract you. I brought you a brownie, I brought you a Calvin cookie, and I brought you some dog treats that you can take home to the dogs. oh
1: yay. Okay, so you. you have You're this gorgeous
2: donut yes
1: can we talk about that like how do you make that taste yummy be all the things be vegan make it work how does it's, that happen the
2: donuts are not that hard actually. Really? yeah they're i
0: think you should bring that bad boy over here <laughs> David,
2: please. one of the i mean if you really want to do some donuts if you're if if you want to start a, a donut program and you want to have a vegan option there's mm-hmm. a lot of easy ways go for it yeah it again everybody fingers um there's a lot of easy ways that you can do it. Uh, have a cookbook. You can take take a look at the mm-hmm. cookbook. But also, there's mixes out there now that are um, industrial. They're, they're made for restaurants and for bakeries so that they can easily transition into a vegan option.
1: But if you could tell us a little bit more what makes
2: it vegan. Oh, like, how does it work? No, there's no eggs or dairy. That is the only magic, right? Okay. So, if you start off— But you also have to use vegan sugar. Well, that's— Yes, but vegan sugar is no different than regular sugar. The only thing that's different about it is that it didn't pass through a bone chart process. Right. And that is one of the things I personally think does a disservice to people who are trying to achieve more vegan items in their lives. They end up with these tags, like, that's not vegan sugar, or that's not vegan pasta. Like, if it is plant-based, if it was predominantly made without animal ingredients— if you can access it and all of the ingredients that you're reading are mm-hmm. plant-based, it's it's, it's vegan. Plant. Okay, and it's better for you, it's better for the environment, yeah. and it's better for us. You want right.
0: a, an unsolicited testimonial? Sure. This is awesome.
2: It's fluffy bread. It looks like it's fluffy bread. It's fluffy yeasted bread. It's gorgeous. And the majority of fluffy yeasted bread does not have eggs or dairy in it. So mm-hmm. once you start adding fat into the mix, that's where it gets you know, a little right. difficult. So we use... But the majority of what we use is Earth Balance products because they're really easy to get, they're really clean, they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't use a lot of coconut oils. People ask me about coconut oil all the time. It's just not really stable, and mm. then there's also a coconut allergy. Right. But it's it doesn't have a really great shelf life, like mm. none. Right. So it's a very unstable fat, and I don't I don't like to use it too much. I like to put it on popcorn, and I like to fry stuff in it every once in a while at home or saute stuff, but. Mm-hmm. In terms of using it for the bakery and the diner, we don't use it much.
1: Okay. Uh, let's just tell people what the two products are that they can get the mixes. Sure. We and actually, then let's get
2: into the festival. Right, her. So what you can find at grocery stores— um, right now, cookies, brownies are sandwich cookies, which are mm-hmm. Calvin cookies, which I brought with me because every time I show up anywhere, like doctor's office vet, they're like, did you bring a cookies. Calvin
1: cookie? Yeah, like that tin is going home with me. I'm so yes, happy.
2: Yes, that is our Sorry, March Andy, tin. Sorry, Andy, that's not for you. <laughs> that is our March cookie tin. That's Wait, he just not turned off the microphone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's eating. He's chewing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we have three components to our business. We have retail, right? Uh-huh. So we have the diner and the bakery. We have direct-to-consumer where you can hop on stickyfingersbakery.com and order off of our uh, menu and ship it anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know you can't order a cake. No, you can't order any of these cupcakes, but you can order kits. Or you can order a cookie tin. We have our March cookie tin, uh, which is filled with chocolate scotchies and rainbow cookies and Almond raspberry. And lenses. we have,
1: just for the record, we have ordered kits for our grandkids and kids that, you know, you can decorate the cookies and do the sprinkles. And they lo- yeah. it's such a great Thank idea. You. And I love it. It's fun. Can it's we fun. talk about
0: the nutrition health side of this? No. No. Okay.
2: It's vegan. And it's dessert. I said it's better for you. It's better
0: for you. Um,
2: only that it is not covered in eggs. It is not co- It's not completely filled with a bunch of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shelf-stable ingredients. I'm just curious. What about rinse.
0: calorie counts and it's all that? It's a lot. It's sugar and Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all it's the fat.
2: same. Yes. But it's fresh- you, you notice the way Nikki broccoli. says it. It's
0: all the same, stupid. <laughs> no, I just
1: mean like it's vegan if you follow a vegan okay. diet, and it's delicious. It is really but delicious. But it's, like, it's not like you're getting – you're not cheating. I'm not no. getting away with anything? No, you're not getting away
2: anything. No, it's anyway. not. No, you can't eat more of those mm-hmm. donuts. You all can right. still only eat one donut. So
1: <clears throat> let's take a break now, and then we can get back. We'll dive in deep into the festival. This is David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. Re-her. We're going to find out all about it.
0: So last time Nick and I were in Georgetown, we just wanted to get some food and chill out a little. And we went to Tony and Joe's Seafood Place on the Georgetown waterfront. Uh, and I, we had a great meal. I, we had oysters. I don't remember what else we had.
1: Well, the most fantastic thing about Tony and Joe's is, honestly, its location. It is right there on the water. You're looking at the Kennedy Center, and you're looking at the water, and there's all those boats going by. So you have great people watching. And that's whether you're dining outdoors on their amazing patio or dining indoors with their floor-to-ceiling windows. Um, of course, they have amazing seafood, like the oysters, usually local, um, but great lobster, great fish. and they uh, have
0: great f- steaks there, too.
1: Yes, and they have steaks, too. It's just a great place to go for great drinks and great food with a view.
0: I love their line. They say, come for the food, stay for the view, and that's what you should do. Tony and Joe's. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Doran Peterson, who is the award-winning founder of Sticky Fingers Vegan Bakery. Mm-hmm. And you are involved in an event coming up. Let's well, talk about
1: it. it's more than just an event. So let's talk about ReHER. Because ReHER was organized originally in L.A., uh, but then there was something already going on here in the D.C. market with uh, women chefs and producers. And then you guys all commingled. So let's like give everybody a bit of a brief history.
2: Yeah, that was that's the history. Mm-hmm. That is exactly. I was kind it. of there for it, so yeah. I remember it. <laughs> uh, the pandemic was a really sad time for restaurants and a really mm-hmm. scary time uh, for everyone. But also, um, when you are a restaurateur or uh, somebody who's starting a business or in the food industry, uh, it's not like you go into an office with your peers. Right. Um, you have to really find other people, and they're all super duper busy. So it's really hard to get time to like ask questions and you know bounce off. And it's now
1: there's not a lot of collaboration no, space.
2: No, not unless there's situ- like like this. Like this is great, right? You mm-hmm. get to meet people and like actually hug humans that are doing the same thing that you are doing. Or well, like hug. point out
0: you did not hug me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Came in.
2: I got a big. I brought you cookies. And I got brownies. a big. Well, hug. I consider that a hug. Yeah, yeah it's kind of it's like a hug with food. Yes, okay. there we go. <laughs> so yeah, it was a perfect time for people to reach out and come together, and some of the, you know, the grand dames of the the restaurant industry women here did that, and it was amazing Mm -hmm. um, to uh, just have a group of people that you could be connected with and be like, is this normal? Is this happening to you? Well, you guys
1: not only all got on Zoom calls with each other to, like – you know, figure out what each of you were doing and what was being successful. Like it was a real place for everybody to chat. But then you were like, oh, well, why don't we do collaborations? I mean, Diane started doing wine up mm-hmm. at Pizzeria Paradiso and people started working on things together. And then you did like dinner kits together. like yep. everybody found ways to yeah.
2: heighten what they were already it's dangerous. doing. There's no way that you can get a group of entrepreneurs in a room together, and have them not turn it into a business, right? So that's what happened, and we were looking for ways to can, to stay open. Mm-hmm. So we started selling stuff through each other's um, through each other's avenues, and it's still happening, right? Uh-huh. So now, um, like you said, Cork is operating outside of Pizza Paradiso or inside Pizza Paradiso, and now they're carrying our products, right? right? And so then there's different collaborations that are happening along the lines, and so I, we really kind of took hold of that for this, um, for this food festival, Women's History Month Food Festival, and that is our focus, is collaboration. So how can we work together? So for, for me, for instance, in the diner, Sticky Fingers Diner, that's one of the changes. I put everything under one name. So Sticky Fingers was farewell. Right. I didn't want a pigeonhole because cupcakes and sticky fingers. You're the one who makes cupcakes. Yes, but I also make sandwiches. And right. Fantastic soup. So come on in. It's hard when you have your fingers in a lot of pots. Uh-huh, I, I can speak to it. I so know. I understand. Yes, but it's also fun. Mm-hmm. And it also helps when you have situations like a pandemic. So right. you can like jump around. Um, so for uh, for the Ari Her mm-hmm. Food Festival, uh, I'm teaming up with Vertage, mm-hmm. which is a women-owned, women-founded Um, woman founded cheese company. She's here in D.C. Her name Mm -hmm. is Margot Riccio and Riccio. And she is working to really get her cheese in everybody's hands. And she's in a ton of different restaurants right now all over the country.
1: It's vegan cheese.
2: Everything is vegan. Everything is plant based. There are nuts in there. Mm -hmm. right? So almonds, cashews are the base for everything. And Mm -hmm. we, uh, Margot is also part of PowPow And bubbies, Right. And so I like to take uh, a little so bit your of responsibility cheesecake? for this. Yes. Our, we started making our cheesecake uh, with um, the cream cheese. So we tried that for the first time. Her cream mm-hmm. cheese, ju- she just started getting it out there and um, uh, putting it into larger containers and retail. Uh, we can't keep the cheeses in the store as soon as we put them Should in Should we
0: there, do a taste test? Go yeah. for it. Go ahead.
2: Okay. So the Ooh. festival
1: is from March 13th to the 19th. Yep. And there are lots of other... Collaborations happening. We talk about it. Let's talk about who's getting together, and you know, sort of remind people because you know, I don't know if you saw the other day in Tom's chat, but somebody asked him about since it's March's Women's History Month, um, and International Women's Day was on the eighth. Some great women restaurants and. I mean, it was sort of like the women uh, some some question that he got a couple months ago, and everybody went nuts because he couldn't think of anybody. So he named a couple people, but there are hundreds hundreds of women who are either creators or chefs or restaurateurs, producers, etc., crest artisans in this area, and. So many of them are a part of REHER. It's amazing.
2: I would like to think that so many women, the women who are not a part of it yet, mm-hmm. it's only because they're so busy. Right. Right. So we're wearing so many hats in our businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so some of the kind of the leaders of REHER and in the D.C. area themselves, Diane Gross, um, owner of Cork. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Married she- to the
0: greatest guy in the world, Collard. <laughs>
2: It looks it's fantastic, <laughs> and, um, but we're talking about women right now. Yeah, Diane's pretty fantastic. Too. Yes.
0: Oh, she's okay. Aww. She's great. We love, we love her. She's so much fun. And we
1: had um, Reed and Sarah
2: uh, from Shilling in last oh, yeah. week, oh. so they got to talk about what they Sarah were doing. Sarah Quinteros, Shilling. Yes. It isn't imp- that just. I their story about like you know opening right during the pandemic. It's insane. They Wall are too Having old. a baby. Seriously. Right.
0: Of the smartest people who've They're ever really been lovely. on the show. They're just fantastic. They're great.
1: Um, but let's talk about, I mean, obviously, Jamie Leeds at Hank's Oyster Bar, Yep. Um, Pizzeria Paradiso. Yep. Trish is doing something else. Trish does biscuits, right? Yes.
2: Trish does biscuits. I have it here. Trish, oh,
1: Trish is doing, uh, Trisha does, Trisha Barba does Preservation Biscuit Company, and she's collabing with Victoria of Ice Cream Jubilee. Yes. Which
2: I love, Victoria. She's amazing and she's so creative. She's so my the yes. I can't I can't talk because my mouth is watering from right. all of the options. Um, she's fantastic and the the collaborations are really cool. They're in different, so you can go into one restaurant, maybe mm-hmm. you can go into somebody else's store. So there's so many different ways to take advantage of what we are offering. And it's regarding her food.com. You can find out all of the wonderful right. ways that you
1: can. I think we have everything on the list Are you on it com as well. Um, Notice I've, how
0: she slips those plugs in there. I love it. Good.
1: I don't know why it bothers him so doesn't
0: much. doesn't bother me. I think it's very – He artful. always points it
1: out. It's artful. As if I'm like doing
2: something
0: it's negative. No, I'd be
2: completely okay with you just taking over all of my social media platforms and – Me just or take, her? Not or you. And, yeah, you don't want foodie, me to take it over. Just, no, not you. You can just – we'll just feed you. No, don't
1: <laughs> don't um, all right. So we have all week to partake in all these things. But I think the bigger message here is – to support, just like you know, last month was uh, Black History Month, and we talked about a lot of uh, Black-owned products and concepts and restaurants. I mean, we don't have to just do it in a month. This can be exactly. all year. So instead, I would what I would urge people to do to do is to look at the list, see the people and what they're doing, and then make a plan to participate, or go to visit, or buy from these establishments
2: yeah. all year long. Right. And to point out that a lot of these collaborations have been happening mm-hmm. every day. You just might not see it because it tastes so good. You don't care who's right. making it. You're just eating it. Right. Which is part of the point, right? Like, it's a super rich community um, of, you know, amazing women that are putting this together, amazing teams that have been working together, mm-hmm. and now we're just kind of... It's almost like you guys them. should have
0: your own union market.
2: Oh. oh. I'm just,
0: That's a free idea. I'm just wow. laying it out there. Okay. Because you have nothing else to do. Yeah. All right, do we have She's to like, wrap like wait.
1: Yeah, I'm like, who, we do, who, wait, hello wait, out, hi. out there? Um, all those people? Okay, yeah. so tell everybody, please, where they can find you on Instagram and, again, where they can find everything about Reher.
2: Yeah, so Sticky Fingers DC and Eat Sticky Fingers, mm-hmm. uh, the diner and the bakery. If you mm-hmm. want to come and taste the cheesecake, you're going to go to Sticky Fingers. Let me cake. give a little com. plug for the
0: cheesecake because I, as a child, I used to eat bricks of Philadelphia cream cheese. Seriously, sit in front of the TV and eat them. This is as good as that.
2: That explains a lot. It does explain <laughs> a lot.
0: I said I have to do this to make it work. It's right. So said, delicious! Uh, but great. this is this cheesecake's great.
2: Thank you. All right,
1: let's get into our next guest.
0: All right, straight from Catania, uh, our buddy. Catania. <laughs> yeah, his 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 mother was your mother, Italian. Yeah, mother. He's Topher yeah. Christopher mm-hmm. Batone Ledford, and he's a general manager of Seymour's. Seafood restaurant now in Arlington.
3: Interesting background. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on. Where's yeah. dad from? Ledford is. Uh, dad is Old English. Yeah. You know, that Mayflower a lot. That stuff. Is... Yeah. Really? I mean, you know, uh, the the, his, the, the records are not official. Yeah. All
0: right. So enough silliness, Topher. Yeah. But I'm glad you engaged so, in it.
1: Let's talk about the origination of Seymour's because it's not originally from D.C., no, it no, came it's from not. New York. It, that transplant. is correct. No judgment. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about its initial concept and how it grew. Uh,
3: of course. Yeah. So, we opened June of 2015 in actually Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's their tie right Benissimo. there. There you go. Mm. Right across the street from the uh, Welcome to Little Italy sign on Mulberry mm. and Broom. Um, it opened as a boutique, you know, 82 seat restaurant uh, that. Uh, focused on sustainable seafood, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, sustainability has become a buzzword in the industry. Um, well, and, and in
1: 2015, it was really climbing at that time. It was hot. You were Absolutely. finding more hot restaurants. Right. Um, we're getting educated. We're learning about you know invasive species and you know how we could eat eat better to. Absolutely. Better, yeah. Right? And,
3: and sometimes, you know, the human was the top of the food chain in those in those instances. Well, in 2015, they were predicting that by 2045 or something, the oceans would be fished out. Absol- so. Absolutely. And and so there's a there's a great book called The Four Fishes that mm-hmm. speak about uh, the cachet of certain species of fish and how, unfortunately, uh, if they had publicists, they were not doing uh, the fish uh, a good service because right. they ended up on everybody's table, everybody's restaurant, and uh, as a result of overconsumption, uh, really led to the decimation of those species. Do you know what the price of that book was? No. Finn. Uh, I like it. Oh, I, like I had it. to. I had there to think you I do God, go. at least Please one.
0: Please don't laugh. Don't encourage <laughs> on, a, on a scale Come on, of people. one to ten, how do you out. like that joke? Uh, yeah, I'll be here <laughs> okay.
3: all week, all right. you know? Great. Um great. So, so <laughs> sustainability um, – is a word that unfortunately, you know, with its mass consumption of that word has lost a little bit of its, uh, you know, kind of definition. And so Mm -hmm. how we define it at Seymour's is that we will only bring in, uh, seafood from stable or growing stocks. And we use a number of nonprofit organizations that help guide us towards those species. Uh, two of which are Ocean Wise mm. and the Monterey Bay Seafood Watch. Mm. And these are organizations that take metadata from marine biologists. They also take data from NOA Fisheries. We've donated to Monterey Bay Ocean Watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good they're a fantastic organization. And they're they're doing great work in uh, creating a, uh, a better path towards a more stable relationship with our oceans. Right. And, and, I'm going to cut
1: you off for a sec because we have to take a break. But when we come back, I really sort of want to talk about what that looks like today, mm-hmm. I mean, and we'll get into the restaurant in Arlington, but what does that mean today, and how can we eat effectively better? Okay. Absolutely. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with Topher Batone-Ledford, who's GM at Seymour's Seafood Restaurant in Arlington, but the story behind Seymour's is way more than just another seafood
3: restaurant. Right. That is correct. Yeah.
1: Okay, so when we took a break, we were talking about sustainability, how Seymour's started in 2015. Um, since we don't have all day, I'd love to talk about the growth of that and how you were able to maintain uh, sustainability as sort of the work got bastardized and really stick to your guns on what that looks like on a menu in a restaurant.
3: Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, as many restaurateurs could could uh, state, um, dynamic menus are sometimes the death of restaurants mm-hmm. um, because people want to come in and they feel a familiarity They want to, to your, know what's there. Exactly, and, and, again, and they, right. they have that favorite dish, and they want to come back for that favorite dish next week, next year, five years from now. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes having a dynamic menu uh, goes against uh, you know, business practices. And so what we've been able to do at Seymour's is create a menu that is dynamic um, but also familiar. And so we've created a number of dishes that are kind of somewhat formulaic, In their approach, there's a vegetable, a starch, a protein, and a sauce. And yet the proteins change every day. And part of uh, the Seymour's experience when you walk in, you'll see a big wall painted black with anywhere from 20 to 25 different species of fish that are going to be local to that port. You know, obviously we have some restaurants in New York. So we have some more uh, North Mid-Atlantic and New England fish painted on the wall. Down here, we have a lot of Chesapeake fish painted on the wall. And there, mm-hmm. it's called the Daily Landings Wall. And it would be a wall that you would see, you know, walking into a restaurant in, uh, Port, uh, you know, on the coast of Maine or coast of, of California, you know, that are, more, uh, that are known for their, their seafood. And next to every fish painted on our wall is a little hook. And you'll see a red spoon next to that fish if that fish was brought in that day and butchered that day. Hmm. Um, and it's a way for us to uh, kind of create a visual menu for our guests. Do you guys do freshwater fish, too, or just? We, uh, we're not against it. We, uh, we tend to stay in the uh, saltwater arena, um, but we have served trout in the past. Um, and uh, one of the nice things about uh, opening down here in the Chesapeake is getting to learn uh, some fish that, that live in more brackish water right. and have right. been able to uh, exist in both worlds. Um,
1: so what does that mean for the kitchen? If you're bringing in whole fish, mm-hmm. um, how do you guys go about training them to cut the fish, clean the fish, bring the fish in in a certain way? I mean, how did what is that process? Is there Seymour's University? And I sort of say that as somebody who has no idea.
0: Yeah.
3: How to so fish. <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. And so, in many ways, there is a Seymour's University. Mm-hmm. We've actually created an entire online presence that it's an internal uh, educational tool, uh, and we call it the Seymours.space, which is literally. A website just created for uh, workers of Seymour's, where we'll have anything from you know our entire cocktail menu and recipes and how to break it down, how to bartend it, um, but also how to butcher a fish, uh, how to uh, remove bloodlines, everything and and everything in between. Um, And And
1: what brought you guys down to Arlington? uh,
3: In a single word, the Chesapeake. Okay. Um, We uh, thought Mm -hmm. that with the legacy of the seafood culture that is inherent in the DMV, uh, and being able to, uh, expand upon the, the, the species in the Chesapeake, uh, by serving, you know, fish that people might have heard of, but maybe don't eat as frequently down here. Uh, and the word bycatch is something that we, we speak about, uh, frequently at Seymour's as a, a way to, uh, serve underappreciated, underrepresented fish, um, we found we thought that the population down here would really appreciate quality, delicious, fresh seafood, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't. Our job would be a little bit easier, actually, in being able to serve this fish and not have to spend thirty minutes at a table educating them on what a red drum was or a. Well, a do you think a
1: lot of it is? I mean, it, this is an educated area when it comes to people, who and, go out
3: and, and, and seafood, eat, yeah, Right,
1: and seafood. But I mean, it is a more educated clientele. Absolutely. Not that it's more so than in New York. I just think. In general, people are much more aware when they're going out to spend their dollars, uh, what they want to know. But I do think fish is harder as a protein than, say, steak. I mean, grass-fed, wagyu, whatever. Absolutely. But, you know, fish, people like to hear a fish that they know. And there's a lot of fear with fish. like. I don't know what it is. Like, if you don't like it, don't eat it. Totally, totally. Do you totally. know what I mean? People so, have yeah, a Yeah, absolutely.
3: And so one of the things that we teach uh, when we hire a server or bartender is called the big three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the big three is a way to break down that stigma with the seafood and understand, okay, here's a fish that has this texture, this flavor, and here's, a, here's another fish that you've probably had in the past that tastes exactly like it. Mm. And a lot of times, uh, you know, seafood, uh, someone's had a bad experience or something like that. And so our goal at Seymour's not only is it just to be absolutely delicious and welcoming and warm experience, but to p- break down those stigmatisms and, and uh, expand people's uh, approach to seafood. Because, one, it's a, a delicious and very healthy uh, protein. Uh, you know, we do a lot of balanced dishes with lots of vegetables and this lean meat, uh, if you consider fish meat. Um, and is. So, fish is yeah, meat. Yeah. Um, and I think so, a
1: vegan would say fish is meat
3: yeah right. and so we, we have an expert there you go there you go uh, and so you know that is that is 100% part of our training practice is right. to be able to connect the dots um
1: all right well let's quickly talk about the restaurant yep um and let's talk about what you guys have doing because you do a lot of activations to communicate uh, to be a part of the community right absolutely. you're not just a transplant
3: yes absolutely mm-hmm. so um we uh you know went through the struggles as every restaurateur did uh during the pandemic and um, you know, where people were leaving the cities in droves because of fear and and, and other reasons, um, we at Seymour's realized that, you know, uh, the, the job of a restaurant is to be of service to the community. And sometimes that's not just in your traditional, come into the restaurant, order a meal, pay for it, leave. Um, there are other ways that that restaurants can connect with their with their neighbors. And one of those is through classes and kind of Becoming a cultural hub where you just become a, a meeting point for other neighbors and friends to kind of meet up and have a great experience. And so, mm-hmm. uh, this summer we are launching the summer the Seymour's Summer Outdoor Series. Uh, and it uh, say that fast exactly right. And, right? and, and straight. Got to rely on my Shakespearean training to do mm-hmm. that. Um, so uh, what we're going to be doing is at the last week of every month, starting in May. We're gonna have three different programs uh, st- uh, happening on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in our outdoor patio. Great. Uh, the Mondays uh, are gonna be Monday movie nights. They're mm-hmm. gonna be a, a you know nod to I a. We gotta wrap
1: you up a driving, little bit. Oh, yeah, drive in so.
3: movie. Um, Mondays are gonna be a drive in movie. Tuesdays, we're gonna do an oyster shucking and wine pairing class Ooh, taught that. by myself. And then on Wednesdays, we're doing a uh, mixology with the master's class where I'm gonna be teaching uh, different craft cocktails, how to be your best Tom Cruise and cocktail, shaking and flaring. Um, and that's going to be happening from May to October on the last week of every month. You can go to Seymours.com and check out our happenings page mm-hmm. to find where you can make reservations or buy tickets. And Great. where
1: can we find you on Instagram?
3: You can find us at Seymours. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Well, S-E-A-M-O-R-E-S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to
0: ask if people hear Seymours and think it's
3: like my Uncle Seymour. Shane,
1: come on.
3: No? To the mic. Um, it's uh, so my friend Michael Cherno, who uh, created the brand. Uh, you're going to have to ask him about the inspiration. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I f- we feel like it, it fits. It's, it's right. a lovable fish. What's so the much? address? Quick uh, 2815 Clarendon Boulevard, across the street from the Whole Foods in Clarendon, Virginia. Awesome.
1: Shane Mason. How's it going? Shane, good morning.
4: I will come back anytime you call.
1: So good to see you. You too. So, Shane, we had you in studio about a year and a half ago when you opened Crazy and Helen's up on Barracks Row. Let's give everybody a quick refresher. That Um, was like a lifetime. I know it feels like it, right? But let's give everybody a refresher on the space and what you're doing. And then we'll talk about what's really happening because you do so much programming there. And it's it's causing a bit of a ruckus.
0: But let's remember yeah. it's a restaurant. We've eaten there and it's a lot of fun. So talk yeah, about thank your Thank you very too. much.
4: Yeah, we're a restaurant. We're a neighborhood restaurant uh mm-hmm. on Capitol Hill. We do American uh comfort food that sort of leans towards Southern, because mm-hmm. I'm from the South. Mm-hmm. In uh, case so, you can't hear it. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, I I I do what I know. And uh and uh you know, to talk a little bit about what Topher just said, you know, it, we're we're a restaurant that wants to serve our community. Mm -hmm. And um, during COVID, I just kept thinking that, you know, I needed a hug, Mm -hmm. right? And I felt like we all needed just a hug. And we didn't need anything that was going to be too fussy. Mm -hmm. Um, So what what I did was I opened a restaurant where when people walk in, I want them to feel like they are getting a hug. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why it's called Crazy Aunt Helens, because my Aunt Helen, that's how she made me feel when I'd walk in to see her. And mm-hmm. she's crazy. Um, well, she was good crazy. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and she was Southern crazy. She was Southern crazy. Right. And um, uh, I also had a really big space, and I've got a theater background too, and I thought we should be doing some fun entertainment. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, DC is loaded with amazing performers. like Talent. I mean, I do bring some headliners in from mm-hmm. other places, but I don't really have to go far. But, I, good but I think
1: one of the things we should talk about, I mean, you're not an LGBTQ restaurant, but you created a safe space in the area, which, you know, there are a few places in D.C. that were sort of, you know, more bars and, and hangouts. But I think over the last 10 years, you're seeing more places being opened by people in the community who are like, this is a space for everybody. Yeah. And we want to make sure that everybody feels safe here. And I think that's – I don't want to miss that in the yeah. messaging. Well,
4: I appreciate that because I do talk a lot about that we're a neighborhood restaurant mm-hmm. that is full of fairy magic. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I'm gay, right? Mm-hmm. And everywhere I go, I have to I, – I can't help it. It's just like the magic just sort of comes off. Right. Uh, and – People feel I mean, that.
1: I am not gay, but I do feel like my magic comes off, Yeah, so you so got magic, too. You de- okay. <laughs> well, you definitely
4: have some fairy magic. That is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to open a place where everyone in my community could feel uh, a sense of joy mm-hmm. when they came in and when they left. Right. You know, send them on their way. You can get a cheeseburger next door. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you walk away feeling a little lighter. Better than mm-hmm. when you showed up, then we've done our job.
1: Okay, so now let's move into your programming, because sure. you really went all out. It is a very large space. Um, and I'm just going to say for the record, I mean, drag brunches and drag entertainment in this city yeah. has been huge. I mean, it's a moneymaker, right? Definitely. Like once people, who started with it? Perry's. 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 has been doing a drag brunch for like, what, 20 years? More. More, right? More. Yeah. And it, you can't get in, even to this day. Correct. And then people are like, oh. And I'm, when I say people, I mean restaurateurs or chefs. We're like, this is a moneymaker. And mm-hmm. now on any given Sunday or Saturday, I mean, there are drag brunches all over the city. Correct. This is not new. No. So, okay. Take I mean, it, Flip Wilson.
4: Shame. Hello. Right. Flip Wilson, you know. Exactly. He wasn't doing a drag brunch, but I'm sure he did a couple of gigs right.
1: dressed in drag. <laughs>
4: <Right>. <laughs> so
1: right. so now you decide to – so you do entertainment. Yep. Um, but you incorporate drag as a part of it. So let's Absolutely. talk about that. So,
4: um, I mean, for instance, today we have uh, our gospel drag brunch mm-hmm. that's happening – this, it happens once a month. That'll make the Bible
0: bangers um, crazy. You know that.
4: Well, apparently they're apparently out in front of my restaurant right now trying to tell us that we're not allowed to have Jesus in our lives either. But, um, mm. uh, you know, I'm Bless the son of hearts. a Pentecostal preacher, mm-hmm. right? So I grew up hearing that, you know, I wasn't – Jesus wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I grew up, I realized that, no, you can't tell me that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so – uh, I've been trying to figure out how to do a, a drag brunch in my restaurant that represents me and
1: Wait, Gospel Brunch. Wait, we're going to take a break. Brunch. Yeah. Hold on yeah. one sec. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Shane Mason of Crazy Ann Helens over on Barracks Row. And I want to say, if we're talking about drag shows, uh, early on in our relationship, we went with a friend to – Drag yeah, Queen we Karaoke. To, we
1: went to Badlands.
0: And I went up on the stage. <laughs> I, 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 I was not in drag, I have to say. I came yeah. out of the crowd, and I sang Great Balls of Fire, and people came out of the crowd and put money in my shirt pocket. Yeah, we used to have so, a lot so of I'm fun. Like, well, I mean, it
4: sounds like you've got another career. I, this I, might, work I might. Out. I, might. <laughs> I don't have so, the legs I mean,
0: for can it, we but.
1: talk about, for people who maybe don't know what drag is, can yeah. we just talk about what drag is and why it's become such a celebrated form of entertainment?
4: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a drag queen, so I can't really say exactly, except in general, it is an art form. Mm -hmm. It's an art form. I mean, uh, this is something that uh, most of the people that come to perform at Crazy Aunt Helens Mm -hmm. have a theater background. These are people who have studied the art of acting Mm -hmm. and they have developed a character uh, and put this character out there. And they're performers, and they just want to entertain and give people some joy and mm-hmm. happiness. Um, and, you know, uh, it takes a lot of work to lip sync somebody else's song. Right. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and, do it w- the, and dance. And do and it do well.
0: Do well, well. Dance, I think split. the people that are against drag in general think that. The drag queens are getting some kind of a sexual rush out of it, and that's why they're doing it and that they're trying no. to lay that no. on the crowd. What, the Bible bangers?
1: I think the Bible oh. bangers just hate. I just think they hate. Yeah, I think no. giving them an excuse makes it – tries to validate that they have a point of view. There is no point of view. That doesn't
0: validate there, it. That just means there isn't. I mean, left the, right? the, in the head.
4: The, the truth is if Jesus were alive today,
1: mm-hmm.
4: he'd be hanging out at my club.
1: yes. He'd doubt. be hanging
4: out in my restaurant mm-hmm. because he hung out with outcasts. Mm-hmm. He hung out with people who were uh, who went against the stream. Uh, and that's the truth. Like, that's just who he For was. He was a radical. Would tasted better. He <laughs> would have probably been arrested by now. But, you know, uh, that's who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it does get my goat a little bit that someone's out in front of my restaurant with a loudspeaker right now trying to tell— People going in that they're sinning, right? Um, because uh, where's the sin? You know, right. where where is the sin? It never says once in a, in in the Bible that you know you can't be a drag queen. So
1: what does gospel, <laughs> right. So what does gospel brunch look like? What do your drag shows look like? And let's talk about some of the other programming sure. and, and what you're doing to combat hate. Like how the community is really supporting you.
4: So, uh, all right, I will talk about the Gospel Drag Brunch really quick. We've only done one. Okay. And I will tell you that we praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. It is not a parody. It's not a joke. Uh, Shaquita Lee, who's the uh, headmaster of the, the show, right. um, came from the church too. I did too. Mm-hmm. And she can sing. We have a gospel piano player. Right. So she's singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the audience singing. So is this and
1: upstairs, downstairs? It's upstairs, it whole place? yeah. Okay. It's
4: upstairs, and uh, th- the last time we did one, I saw a woman, because I was working the room, who was sitting with her friends, and she was weeping. Mm. I know. It gets me emotional, because uh, I know what that feels like, to be told that something that you loved uh, doesn't love you back. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I walked over and I was just checking on her. You know, mm-hmm. how are you? Are you okay? And she said, yes, you know, I just haven't heard this music in so long. And to have it delivered to me in a way that I understand it through these drag performers, uh, was uh, it was overwhelming for her. And I will continue to do it for those people.
1: It's a beautiful story.
4: Yeah, I, I will like continue it. to do it for those people because we all deserve to have... Representation. Absolutely. Have you ever had
0: taken the opportunity or had the opportunity to talk to some of the protesters? Because if they heard you, you'd you'd probably flip them. You know, know,
4: I haven't. I grew up in the Pentecostal faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is a faith that, um, for me, it's either this way or the highway. It doesn't leave a lot of room for. Correct. For any kind of critical thinking. And the moment you start to think, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right to me, or mm-hmm. I know a gay person, or um, I've been to a drag show, it didn't feel sinful to me, Right. Uh, y- you can't put the two together, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no room. Um, so it for me, it's like arguing with a drunk. What's the point? Right. You know, what's the point? Well, so there's what no happens point. when
0: people are going into the restaurant, or you're going in and out, are they just yelling, or are they trying to stop you and engage in a conversation? or you So... Know?
4: This particular one, I don't know because I'm yeah, here, yeah, right. Right. Um, but there's they were standing in front. The photo I got, they're standing out front mm-hmm. uh, with a little loudspeaker. So when, as soon as I get back, I've got a loudspeaker. Yeah. We're going to play yeah, some gospel music. and.
1: Well, don't you remember, um, I mean, this wasn't about a drag show, but James Elephantis outside Comet Ping Pong when all that mm-hmm. insanity was happening. Yes. When the protesters would come, he would walk out with champagne. Yep. I mean, you know, kill him with kindness. I Correct. mean— you know, these people just, I don't know, they're just so unhappy in their lives. Yeah. So can yeah. we talk about the parasol patrol? Because yeah. I just think I read about them, and I was like, I love them. I want to join them. They're you just, can. It's so—I I, just—the community is so great. So can we talk about them a little sure,
4: bit? Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, all of these little protests sort of popped up w- over our story time, which is something we've been doing for seven months. Right. And— um Twice and, a month. And
1: by the way, also happening all around the region for years. Years,
4: years, years. Yes, years. it's not new. People. And uh, you know, it's with Tara Hoot, and mm-hmm. she does mm-hmm. this whole little drag show for the kids. It sells out every Cause time. it's fun, and the kids love her, right? <laughs> of um, and so uh, there was this uh, chatter that we were on a protest list, so. Uh, the police came and, you know, they did mm-hmm. all this. And Parasol Patrol showed up. I would say it was around two hundred and fifty people in front mm-hmm. of my little restaurant. It's only been open a year and a half. Right. Um for me it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I'm as a restaurateur, I'm so in the bottle mm-hmm. that I don't see the label. You know what I mean? I'm every day. It's like clean the bathrooms, you know, make sure there's toilet paper. You know, like the daily You're running stuff. A restaurant. I'm running a restaurant and uh and that instance took me out of the bottle and I was able to step back and see all my neighbors were out front with their umbrellas and it rainbow was snowing, umbrellas. rainbow umbrellas. It was snowing. Uh-huh. You know, it was cold that day. We'd had 80 degrees two days before. Of course, uh-huh. that couldn't have been the day. And, <laughs> uh, and you know, I shook every single person's hand and I was so overwhelmed with Gratitude, mm-hmm. because what it told me was that what we're doing is we're on we're on the right path. People are responding to the joyfulness and the welcoming and the hospitality that we're offering. Mm-hmm. We're not a, we're not serving Michelin star food. You know what I mean? We're just not. That's not who we are. Mm-hmm. We are a restaurant that is going to um, envelop you with joyfulness and you know. Praise the Lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and <pass> the ammo.
4: <laughs> um,
1: and so can we talk about some of your other programming cuz it's sure. not always drag but you do oh. have so much going on there. Oh Let's just give people God. a little can bit. Can I of talk a shout about
4: out. my uh, cabaret festival that's going on next week? Yes. There are literally headliners coming from across the country. Mm-hmm. I've got a Grammy-nominated uh, singer coming, Lena Katrakos, who's like this amazing cabaret singer out of New York, mm-hmm. um, Ann Kittredge, mm. uh, Anna Bergman. Uh, we've got a drag uh, cabaret singer coming, Arnaldo the Chanteuse. Okay. Um, we have a uh, local uh, singer, Susan Derry, mm-hmm. who's amazing and she's doing a showcase with all so local is this every singers. Every night? How's it working? So, yeah, um, from the 18th through the 25th, mm-hmm. every night there's a new performer. Um, there are master classes. So, if you're a cabaret singer, you can sign up for a master class with one of these amazing a- singers and take a workshop with them. And this,
1: but how do people come in and enjoy it? Do we buy tickets? Sure, yeah, you buy Do we eat buy dinner? A ticket. Like, how does it work? Talk yep. us So if it. you go
4: to our website, uh-huh. <laughs> uh and go to our happenings page, events. Did mm-hmm. you like that little radio I voice that, I gave okay. you? Yeah. Uh, are the boss with the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, I've got a face for radio, they say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's chiseled, though, man. It's chiseled. It's chiseled. It's chiseled. Uh, so you go to our events page, and you can uh, buy a ticket straight away. Great. Uh, and, you know, we've got so much happening. Uh, burlesque, all kinds of
1: things. We can't wait to come back in. It's so good to see you, Shane. You thanks for sharing those here. stories today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for um, having me. Show's over, dude. You want to wrap this right, yeah, up? Yeah,
0: this is a drum I beat every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it's no surprise what's going on in Ukraine is just a grinding battle day in day out. But um, uh, there's still so much misery there, and misery among all the refugees. Go to the Red Cross. Go to CNN.com. There's a whole menu of uh, charities you can donate to. Donate to Jose's World Central Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, they it it, it it cannot be that they will lose that, that war. I don't think they're going to because the Russians are stepping in it. But um, if Ukraine falls, then you're looking at Germany and Poland next on this idiots list. So support the Ukrainians. Send whatever you can. A buck helps. Uh, and please do it.
1: Well, and we want to thank all of our guests for being in studio with us today and for sharing their stories. Um, there's so much to learn in the D.C. food, wine, and hospitality scene. And you need to get out there and explore whether it's um, LBGTQ, whether it's women, whether it's black-owned, or whether it's sustainability. There's so many different ways that you can engage with good things in the hospitality industry. Good eats, good drinks, and etc. Um, of course, you can find everything that you heard here today on the com. Don't forget to tune in to New Industry Nights every Thursday on YouTube and podcasts everywhere. And of course, you can always download this show as well. Um, follow me at n y c c i n e l l i s on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all of my travel and eating exploits. And uh, listen, everybody needs to be safe out there. Take your kindness pills. Get out. Enjoy. It's going to be gorgeous. Someday. So uh, have a delicious week.